0: And Guy Gardner is a douche. Especially Guy Gardner, who was being a bit of a douchebag, but uh, he wasn't really listening. That's Guy's like that. thing. <laughs> yeah, but... that That's his other superpower. Speaking of Guy Gardner, page 19, I resent the brain damage comment.
1: He was just a character I found extremely grating.
0: Wow, the internet seems to be filled with people who really can't stand the character of Guy Gardner. I mean, to some extent, they have a point. I mean they'd read the character like I have, his adventures with the cores, his solo comic run, whatever, maybe they'd have a little more appreciation for him. I mean, there needs to be more guy love on the internet. Um, uh, maybe not that kind of guy love. Regardless, there still has to be a way that a middle-aged man like myself with a love of comic books should be able to present a defense for an underrated character. If you build it, they will come. What was that? build it, they will be gone. Okay, strange disembodied voice. That's a great idea, but I really don't see how building a baseball field a cornfield will help it matters. I mean, I think there aren't any cornfields near here, especially ones that the owner let me build a baseball field in. Plus, Guy was more of a football player and... No, no, no. no. <sighs> Look, now was speaking metaphorically. metaphorically. What I meant by build was, oh, maybe, maybe, A podcast about it. Well, that's an even better idea, and it's a lot easier given my farming and athletic abilities. I could recount all the appearances in Kai and comics, I could focus on his solo run, I could give detailed plans of his bar, and hold on, hold hold on, hold on, on, champ, champ, champ. You really really want want people people to actually actually listen to to the podcast, don't you? Well, yeah.
2: So why not start with
0: our 1990s Queen Lantern and continue continue on to the reaper? Well, that's an even better idea. I could cover the Guy Gardner solo series along the way, and also put up for a defense my second favorite GL, Kyle Rayner. Plus, really, these are the two Earth-based Green Lanterns. For whatever reason, they're really overlooked in the mass media. Plus, I've got on nearly complete runs of both series. Wow! Thanks, strange disembodied voice. No problem. Now, Now, now. let's go go kill President President Nixon. Nixon. Um... You do know that Nixon has been dead for well over a decade. Oh, uh, well,
3: how about some brownies?
0: Mmm, that sounds great. I love some good brownies, especially the one with the chocolate frosting on top. Or if you ever had blondies, those are even better. I had one of those church. Just one of the guys. A Green Lantern podcast is a weekly internet radio show covering the Green Lantern comics, starting with Green Lantern number one in 1990 and ending with Green Lantern number 181 in 2004. During the run, I will be placing a special emphasis on the characters of Guy Gardner and Kyle Rayner, my two favorite and the most underappreciated members of the Green Lantern Corps. Along the way, I'll be covering the Guy Gardner comic run, some Green Lantern annuals, and whatever else takes my interest at the time. Come listen along with me, Sean Ingold, as I make the case for the Green Lanterns who deserve a better reputation at justoneoftheguys.lipson.com. I find their illogic and foolish emotions a constant irritant. Baduja, oh, freak. Eh,
1: uh, his most imperious majesty, Jabba the Hutt, says, then transfer out, freak.
0: To along in the circus, right next to the Dog-Faced Boy. <laughs> Sheep,
4: lying, no good, rotten flower-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, sucking, duck-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, hurl-ass, fat-ass, buck-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lift, worm-headed, sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah! Holy shit, where's the Tylenol?
2: Yeah. And now, together by live simulation via the internet, Scott Gardner. He's an
0: asshole. Chris Honeywell. Boy, is he strange. It appears we have lost our sex appeal. Blah, blah, blah,
2: blah, blah, blah
4: No, blah, blah, blah All right, we now join two true freaks in the middle of (laughs) <laughs> spouting off at the mouth Yeah, I noticed that in social worlds you've been notoriously silent about sopa. Um, well, Which was, is funny because I really don't think to me, your opinion, well, to me, your opinion is not scandalous. <laughs> Cuz I was I was spreading around the same. I was saying the same opinion to most people and not getting an awful lot of um of people uh, fighting me on it. Right. You know, And if any of you want to know what our views on piracy are, all you got to do is go back to Two True Freaks <laughs> number one, <That's laughs> episode so number yeah. one, and yeah. uh, we'll tell you all about what we – but let's just say we're all for it. And, uh, you know, I mean, you can shut people up instantly because actually since we did – episode number 1 there's been a handful of reports and surveys and and studies that have shown you know just what we said that mm-hmm. and that the people who download stuff the most are the people who who actually buy the most stuff keep the yep. Yeah, keep the, the money coming in keep the money coming in and you know my my point i would make to all the people who are just like bah uh, you know i'm i'm an artist i'm a photographer i don't want my art stolen i'd say you know what the hell you know so so one person you know downloads your album on a torrent and they really like it, and they tell five of their friends, and three of their yep. friends buy it. So it's exactly you, te- you, you tell me how that so, works out. any of
1: those people that, that you know, because I see them all the time, especially on Facebook, these people pissing and moaning, well, you don't know what it's like, man, to be an artist, and you're struggling, and, blah, 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 and people are stealing your stuff. It's like, look, dumbass, this is the way the world works in the 21st century. Do you Everybody's stealing the- our no. fucking
4: podcast.
1: Right. I mean, do you want to be out there and exposed or not? The new exposure is it's out there on the torrents or on the down, you know, whatever download thing that you're using. And that's how people find things these days. If you're lucky, you know, and and I think this is honestly how things work these days, that they find something, they, they can try it, they can sample it, whatever, And if you're putting out a good product that people believe in, they're going to get behind it and they're going to buy it or they're going to follow it or whatever the deal is. So, yeah, you got to give away a little bit for free. But if you are producing something of quality, then people will jump on board with it. And so I I think, you know, I mean, look at all the money that's that's been spent for, you know, hundreds of years on advertising. Well, this is kind of the new advertising. You know, yes. rather than you're spending your money on, on print advertising or television advertising, kind of look at, you know, free downloads or piracy if you want to call it that as the new advertising. That's you a know? good that, that's a really
4: good point. I've never I'm I'm going to steal that and
1: use that. I mean, on, you're, it's basically free samples is what it comes down mm-hmm. to, you know. If it's a book or a comic, then you know, you might have to give up the first several issues until people, you know, again, if you're producing something of quality, then, I you know, I, I have no way to measure this beyond just, you know, my, my own exposure to it and the people I know around me. But I do know of a number of examples of people that discovered book X, you know, through downloading. But if it's of a good enough quality, you know, that that collector mentality kicks in and you want to have this as a, you know, as a trade paperback on your bookshelf, or as a nice collectible hardcover, or you want to start following the monthlies. That's just the mentality of collectors, That's, you know.
4: Well, the thing about it is, I think people, you know, and I'm guilty of it all the time, is people really are very cynical about how people are with that sort of thing. And you know, uh, you and I both know directly from doing the podcast. We don't charge anything for the podcast, and. And, uh, you know, we have a, we have a, a small, dedicated audience and occasionally people just send us some money, you know, every once right. in a while because right. they're like, hey, I like this. I appreciate it. And they do. And they do it. Not every, You know, if everybody did, then you'd probably be making money hand over fist. But that's yeah, you know, that's not how it's 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 set up to work. You know, it, I, I mean, I, I think a lot of this is is so new and untested and the internet is so new that you know it's, it's your, 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 your son's generation that really are living in it and truly understand it because they're, they're living in it you got guys like you and me who are computer fiends who have sort of picked up on it but you know our government and the, the people who run the cable companies and stuff they're about 20 years behind the curve on it. They're oh, still yeah. in, they're, they're, they're still on their AOL, you know, they're still mentally on their AOL CDs for free, you know. I still got 6 hours left on my AOL CD. And and so they just don't get it, you know. I mean, I mean like the the whole SOPA, like this is going to destroy the net, you know, out, outrage and and people flipping out, I didn't have that flip out I didn't have that fear no, I of, I, I, I didn't want SOPA to get past because it would be a big pain in the ass while they started just shutting every, you know, because you know they would screw everything up with it for a while but, you know, nobody wants the internet screwed up anymore <laughs> nobody <laughs> because everybody so depends on it so much and, and uses it so much that, that something like that would you know instantly you know just degrade the experience for us and the you know the 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 cable providers have been chomping at the bits to figure out how they can uh charge you for for more and you know they have all these models set up where you you know basically you're paying per megabyte that you that you download and upload and you know from watching youtube videos and stuff like that but it's never going to work because everybody's already had 20 years of of the internet, or let's say a decade of the internet really working well to get used to, and nobody's going to want to go step backwards, or step backwards to the time where, you know, you were counting every second, you had to do everything fast on the internet, because it was expensive every second that you were on there, you know, and, uh, yeah, it, it ain't coming back, and and people all had, you know, and it felt good for people when it didn't pass. And they're all like, we did it. We all wrote our congressmen and and signed a petition. But th- that had a lot to do with it. But a- an awful lot to do with it had to be that, that there were a lot of, like, really rich people for SOPA. But there were also a lot of really rich people and corporations against SOPA, too. So you had eBay and, and Google and all those guys fighting it, you know, and... uh and reddit reddit did a really good job of uh you know turning around specific people who were voting for the bill and and stuff like that but uh, yeah, <laughs> <if coughs> there's all these there's all these laws that come down the pike and they're like oh my god what if this ha-? it's like yeah what if it does happen um they they're trying to pass a law that you can't jailbreak your iphone how are they gonna enforce that? You know, are they gonna be tackling people in the streets who have a jail you know, jailbroken iPhone? You know, um Apple gave me your coordinates, you know, your 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 iPhone's jailbroken, come with me. You know. I don't think we can build jails fast enough to house all those idiots. <laughs> we can't house all the idiots we got now. Sure we can. We call it Alabama. <laughs> Alright, I'm crossing Alabama off the list of uh
1: Oh they got crossed off a long time ago.
4: <laughs> they have to get internet before they can get offended. You know, it's really funny. I just crossed somebody from Alabama off of our um Two True Freaks Tumblr site. Because I always have a search open for Star Wars and Star Trek, so I look for people who post cool Star Trek and Star Wars pictures and I subscribe to them hoping they'll subscribe to us and find out about our podcast. So 2 freaks.tumblr.com. Um So this one guy puts up this big post about like that racist Neil Young you know he uh Listen listen to this shit he's talking about music nowadays and it was basically Neil Young saying like a lot of mp3s aren't high quality and a lot of the music they sell on iTunes isn't high quality anymore cuz it has too much bass you know, and something so inoffensive or whatever it's just old Neil Young griping he's like Neil Young's a racist because he didn't like uh, he yelled at Alabama for being racist <laughs> And he puts up a picture of like, you know, all these rednecks giving the Heil Hitler salute with a with a General Lee painted car, you know, with with or, with uh, rebel flags and stuff. And, you know, just pure, you know, white like white power posts. And I'm like, well, OK, <laughs> <laughs> did not know we had a racist on our subscription list. Off he goes. racist. But weird, weird. That racist Neil Young, I've never heard anybody say that (laughs) before in my life. It was quite amusing.
1: (laughs) Well, I had a bit of, uh, hopefully, potentially good news today. Um, Yeah? Just completely on a whim. Actually, I have to back this story up, because it was actually completely on a whim for some... Oh, I know what it was. I was checking my email last night, right? And I'm going through... And I got an email from my LCS that was, um, you know, sh- telling the new stuff that's coming down the pike and everything as far as new books and comics and, you know, that sort of thing that's coming along. But also there was a reminder in there about MegaCon tickets. Now, I had, I got to be honest, I've been pretty much ignoring MegaCon this year. I, I wasn't planning to go or anything, it wasn't really on my radar at all. But for some reason, I thought, and eh, whatever, you know, I, I decided to go on the, the website for five minutes, just purely out of curiosity, you know, who who's coming, what's going on, that sort of thing. So I'm going through the website and it was kind of looking pretty much like last year, you know, when I when I did go and I would swear I went much later in the year last year. I, I need to go. I need to look back at our episodes because I know I did a, a, a comment, you know, a um, review of it. Right. I was going to say, wasn't that like May or something last God, I year? can't remember. It doesn't seem like that
4: long ago, but then it, again, time is a blur.
1: I mean, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but it does seem like it was much later in the year last year. But maybe I'm just, you know, my memory sucks. We all know it. But anyway, anyway, it's coming up in, in February. It's um, February 17th through the 19th, I think. So anyway, I, you know, this is last time I'm I'm looking through the website for just a moment and, uh, and noticing who's coming and everything. And, you know, there wasn't really any big media stars to get all, you know, terribly excited about, you know, there were one or two things like that. I'm going through and looking at the comic book people and they were like, yeah, you know, that's cool. You know, oh, it's neat that he's coming in. And all of a sudden I'm going along and and Nick Cardi was on the list. And. I know that this has become a big joke of me posting this on Facebook, but I swear to God, I'm completely dead serious. I thought Nick Cardi was dead. I mean, like, long dead. I had no idea he was still alive. I mean, I would have bet money that he was 20, 30 years gone, right? So he's coming to to me, and I was like, wow. That's, I mean, that's he's right up there for me, like, with, uh, like, Gene Cullen or somebody like that. Uh-uh. So uh was talking to my wife and i was like you know i think i could scrape out you know because i think it's like i think it's to go just for one day because that's all i could afford to go to i think it's like 20 25 bucks something like that i was like that's not bad yeah it's not too bad and uh and she was like well you know we'll see how things go or whatever so i I was at work today and, and we had our first break and uh i went in and uh we we call it the hub. We our our intercompany um internet is uh we call it the hub. So I went into the hub and just on a whim, I thought, hey, what the hell? You know, I'll go in and I'll I'll put in for that day off and just see what happens, you know? And typically with these things, you know, you'll wait weeks, usually right up until the week of whatever day that you put in for. Before they shoot you down, because then when they shoot you down that close to it, you can't go in and reapply because the the, the standard answer is going to be, oh, you know, your window is now closed. You know, your window to request this is now closed. You have to request two weeks out. This has happened to me a number of times, but it was in my old department. So but with that very cynical mindset, I went in and applied thinking, you know, I'll never get it. I went back in there later in the day for something completely different. And while I was in there, I thought, I'm going to check on the status of that request just, you know, for whatever. Checked on it, and not only had it been responded to already, but it was approved. And I was like, no way. So it's looking pretty likely I'm going to end up going to to MegaCon. So I'm actually pretty excited about that because – you know, the Nick Hardy thing was a big deal for me, but there's actually a lot of really cool people going to it. Um, it's weird. It's so uh, what is the word like serendipitous, I guess, um, that I'm uh, I'm on a real exiles kick right now. I've been reading the exiles thing because, you know, back on I think it was last com- Comics Monthly Monday, I was telling you guys how I bought pretty much the the entire run of that yeah. to complete my collection. Got just about every issue and I've been tearing through. it. It's a great book. And I didn't realize that it had gone through actually several writers over the course of that series. Well, I'm now I'm quite a ways beyond um, when Judd Winnick was on the book and now the the writer that I'm uh, and in the era that I'm currently reading is Tony. I, I think he pronounced his name Bedard, Tony Bedard. And I really like his stuff. It's very, very good. He's going to be at MegaCon, And then today when I got home, um, I was reading an issue as I was on the can and it was, uh, an issue illustrated by, uh, Paul, I think you pronounce his name Pelletier, who I've liked for a, a long, long time. Way back. He used to do, um, one of the, uh, incarnations of the outsiders for DC and his art was fantastic. And I've seen him, you know, here and there and everywhere. You know, he's just kind of jumped all around and uh, picked up this issue. And he was the artist on that. And I was like, wow, this art is just fantastic. And he's going to be there. So I'm like, how weird is that? You know, that that, you know, all this seems to come together, like all at the same time that these these people here, I'm actively reading their stuff and they're going to be at this thing. So I thought that was pretty cool.
4: Bring that MP3. Oh yeah. Or you might get a get
1: yeah, an interview. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, our old pal uh, Jimmy Palmiotti's going to be there and uh uh my, you know, not to hurt your feelings, but you know, what? really my 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 best friend is uh, you know, as we all know is Bruce Boxlight. Oh. He'll be in so we'll, we'll have to hang out together. Sorry. Not Bruce to hurt Bruce Cutters. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, who else is coming? Stan's coming again. I don't you know, I just might, since I'll be by myself more than likely. You know, as far as I, I don't think I'll be bringing either of the kids, just because I, I honestly I won't have the money to do that. Um, but since I'll more than likely be by myself, I might actually have to stand in line for Stan this time. I didn't do it last time because I'm not much on lines. Right, right. But, you know, you know, that's twice now. And you know the, the guy's not going to be around forever. Let's face it. You know Stan's getting up there. He's got to be what? He's got to be pushing ninety. You, you think
4: know? I was going to say like early eighties? But yeah, you're probably right.
1: No, he's. I'm thinking he's he's got to be on the high side of ninety by this point. I, I'm pretty sure. You know, and and it's just what you know. When I saw him last year, you know, and and this kills me. I meant I. You know, we recorded. Cause Logan, I took Logan with me when we went last year and, uh, we went to the Stan Lee panel and I recorded the entire thing. I had great audio of it, always meant to play it on the show and just never, for whatever reason, I just never did, just never found the time to squeeze it in there. But I remember watching him at that panel and thinking, you know, he just don't look good. You know what I mean? So, you know, like I say, you know, I, I, you know, I, I just, I just might have to could have to... been
4: some bad seafood earlier that day. <laughs> well,
1: you know, it's just a matter of, you know, it seems like every year now for the last, what, probably 10 years, you know, there, there's been one of these big comic legends, you know, in the obits, bits. And, you know, I, I'd, I'd hate to, you know, I know that when the day comes, you know, hopefully many, many, many years from now, but if the day ever comes and I, you know, I had my shot and didn't take it, I know I'll feel bad. You know what I mean? So I, I just might have to do that, you know, because, I mean, and it wouldn't even be a big, you know, I think one of the reasons why is, you know, we've talked about this before when it comes to like celebrities and all. I'm, I just get stupid. It's like I don't know what the hell to say to them. You know, it's like, yeah, I like your stuff. But, you know, still just that simple, you know, 30 second, you it's know, an acknowledgement, shake his yeah. hand and, you know, you, you know, thank you, you know, and, and move along. You know, I, I that would I, that would be pretty cool. So I don't know. I might I might do that. I might have to do that if I can
2: if I can manage it. Okay, out there in Marvel land, face front, this is Stan Lee speaking. You've probably never heard a record like this before because no one would be nutty enough to make one with a bunch of offbeat artists, so anything is liable to happen. Hey, who made you a disc jockey, Lee? Well, well, Jolly Jack Kirby. Say a few words to the fans, Jackson. Okay, a few words. Look, pal, I'll take care of the humor around here. You, you've been using the same gags over and over for years. Well, you can't accuse me of being fickle, can you? By the way, Jack, the readers have been complaining about Sue's hairdo again.
0: What am I supposed to do? Be a hairdresser? Next time, I'll draw her bald-headed.
2: Boy, I'm glad we caught you when you were in a good mood.
3: Oh, Stan, do you have a few minutes?
2: For our fabulous gal Friday? Sure, say hello to the fans, Flo Steinberg.
3: Hello, fans. It's very nice to meet you. As Marvel's corresponding secretary, I feel as though I know most of you from your letters. By the way, Saul Brodsky wants to say a few words.
2: Saul Brodsky? Who's he?
3: Stan, the fans know you have a bad memory by all the mistakes you make, but this is ridiculous. He's been your associate for years. Really?
2: We ought to start paying him one of these days. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. And how come I don't get my name plastered all over the mags like you do? Because I can't spell it, that's why. Well, as long as you've got a good reason. Hey, what's all that commotion out there, So? Why, it's shy Steve Ditko. He heard you're making a record and he's got mic fright. Whoops, there he goes. Out the window again? You know, I'm beginning to think he is Spider-Man. You mean he isn't? Who said that? Just that lovable old letter of me.
3: It's adorable, Artie Simic. What brought you here?
2: The subway. Oh, well, ask a bonehead question, Flo.
3: Stan, Sam Rosen is on the phone.
2: How are the letterer? My competitor? Just for fun, Artie. You talk to him. Hi, Sam. This is Artie. How's it going, pal? Just great, Artie. I sure admire your lettering. I admire yours too, Sam. I think you're tops. Thanks. Well, nice talking to you. The pleasure was all mine. I never could stand that guy. Well, that's our Artie. Just imagine what Sam is saying about him now. Well, let's see who else we can get on this record. How about Chick Stone? Okay. Hi, Chick. How's Tricks? Fine, Stan. I'm reading the latest story. It's great. What a thriller. Now, that's what we like to hear, Chick. Which one of our comics is it? Who's reading a comic? This is a novel about James Bond. I can't wait to finish it. Yeah, we're going to miss Chick around here.
3: Oh, look who just came in. Kid Devil himself. Wally Wood.
0: Is that a tape recorder, Flo? You know I'm afraid to talk into these machines. I can never think of anything to say. I'm not a big talker. I shut up like a clam. I get struck dumb. My mind goes okay. blank. Okay, okay, okay.
2: Forget it. Boy, I'd hate to hear you when you feel like talking.
3: Stan, Dick Ears is on the phone.
2: Let's surprise him. Hi, Dick. We have a recorder playing, and you're talking to millions of people right now. You some kind of nut or something? I just want to tell you I want a raise. Dick, don't you understand? People are listening. You're talking to the whole world. I always knew you'd crack
0: someday, Lee. Just my luck, it had to happen when I asked you for some more dough. Well, I'm going
2: back to Sergeant Fury. Goodbye.
3: Another phone call for you, Stan.
2: Oh, not anymore. I'm getting an earache.
3: But it's Don Heck.
2: The idol of the Iron Man fans? The ace of the Avengers? Hi, Don. What's doing? Uh, Stan, I was just wondering. Uh, wasn't I supposed to draw Iron Man last week? Sure. Why do you ask? So how come you mailed me a Patsy Walker script? Yipe! Did I do that? That's awful. Oh, well, don't worry. I'll send it back to you. That's not why I'm worried. I must have sent your script to Al Hartley. I can just imagine Iron Man looking like Patsy Walker this issue. Okay, talk to you later, Don. Don't worry about it, Stan. Don't you remember that Al Hartley used to draw adventure strips? It may not be too bad. Well, well, look who's here. Stan G, our demon colorer. I've been meaning to talk to you, Stan. When are you going to remember it's the Hulk who has green skin, not Captain America? Gee whiz, a guy can't remember everything. Anyway, I had to tell you what MMMS meant last week, and you're the guy who made it up. But when I forget something, it's different. Yeah, it's worse. Stan, this is the most confused record I ever heard. Great, Sol. Just what we want. If it were anything else, it wouldn't be the Nutty Marvel bullpen.
3: Gosh, we don't have time for George Bell and Vince Colletter and Larry Lieber and Bob Powell and. That's
2: great. Now, if we ever form another club, we'll have something new to offer voices that haven't been heard yet. Enough said, Sol. Now, let's all get back to work in the bullpen. And as for you, marvelous Merry Marchers, welcome from all of us to all of you. If you want to know how glad we are to have you with us, just you listen. Okay, let them hear it, gang.
1: Yeah, I'm looking for, I'm trying to remember who else was coming that I got. Oh, um, um, God, what is the guy's name, the actor's name? Uh, Tim Russ, that played uh, Tuvok. Oh, okay. Uh, He's going to be there. I'd I'd really like to meet him, because I really liked him. You know, I mean, Voyager gets a lot of crap, and a lot of it deservedly so, but I like him. I think he's a good actor, and I like the role that he played. I've liked him in pretty much anything I've ever seen him in.
4: All I know about him is there was some comedy troupe on MTV that had a, a retarded kid in it. The, well, not in the comedy troupe, but they did a skit about a retarded kid who had an insanely large penis. <laughs> and, you know, so the, the whole the whole joke was the kid running around and they couldn't keep his penis contained, and the whole joke was, you know, a visual joke where you would see it blurred out. But he always had a Tuvok doll, so he was always like, talk to Tuvok, and like, you know. <laughs> carry, that, so that's all I know about Tuvok. I'm sort of looking forward to... Watching all the the deep space nines voyagers and enterprises that I've never watched, after hearing all these people talk about about them and the scandal e- even the scandal, good and bad, it makes it sound like it's worth checking out eventually so i it's it's sort of cool to know that I got that to look forward to
1: i, I you know i I ended up really liking um all the later ones you know when i when i finally sat down and watched them and 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 gave them my full undivided attention and everything i ended up being won over on all of them except ds9 i mean i watched it and i mean i won't i i won't completely write it off like that oh, was crap and it's just not worth no i mean it got better there were good storylines. There were good characters. It's just overall, I still stick to my guns that at the end of the day, it's really not Star Trek. It's basically it's Star Trek's answer to Deep Space uh, to um that uh, on five, which I think is I think that's a bad move. When Star Trek starts imitating something else to keep up, I think that's bad really bad it's one of my major issues with the new movie it's basically they're trying to put a star wars coat of paint on star trek it don't work star trek should set the bar it shouldn't ever try to imitate what what is hot and what is hip ever but you know that's a that's a rant for a whole different thing but that was ultimately my issue with with ds9 is it 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 felt like you know, well, we you know we understand that you know we're losing people to things like you know Babylon Five, so let's try to do a, a, a Star Trek version of that show. And it's like, no, dude, you're Star Trek, you know. But you know that said, I mean, once Worf joined the the crew and they they kind of set out in a different direction. I mean, I do like a lot of those later seasons and a lot of the you know things that happen and some of the directions and all. So it, it's not complete and other, you know, unredeemable crap not worth watching, I mean it was okay, and one of these days I'll dig it out and, and give it a rewatch. you know, and I kind of look forward to when we eventually get to it, because I, I'm very curious what you'll end up thinking of it, but for me you know, I got more enjoyment out of the other ones, because I felt like they were a little bit closer to the original, and I mean, not, not just like Kirk's you know, era Star Trek, but you know, both Kirk and uh, next generation. Uh, next gen, yeah. They they had they, they had more of a feel of of you know, quote unquote true Star Trek to me. Now
4: Tuvok was Voyager, right? Voyager, yeah. Now let me ask you something about Tuvok. Was was did he end up being the character, and now the, his the character's name is escaping me? But the uh, character who is going to be in phase two, who is going to be the the full Vulcan. Do you remember what that character that uh, uh, He ended up in the comics too. Yeah, um. Um. It was like a Q with a. It was some weird.
1: Anyway, it was. I can did think he end of Sonak, and that's not right because that's right. the fucking that ends up getting chewed up in the trans... Zahn. Zahn, that was it. Zahn, yes. Did he end up being basically Zahn, like the, the
4: full Vulcan character, you know, so where you got to see a, like. Full logical Vulcan, because he was a hundred percent Vulcan right
1: he... yeah he was well s- sort of yes and no because let me think let me think I-, I was just about to say he's the first full Vulcan cast member we ever got, but is that let me think real quick because um, you didn't have any Vulcans, well not any like regular Vulcans on. TNG.
4: Right. Well, you would have Vulcan show up, but they wouldn't be. Right. That's
1: what I mean. I mean, because there was that one, I think she was a doctor, Dr. Salar, I think. Man, there's so many people screaming at their iPods. Dr. Seuss? (laughs) But, um, yeah, there was Dr. Salar on TNG, but again, you know, she was like one of those background characters that might wind up in like one in every like 12 episodes or something, you know. So, I mean, she wasn't like a regular. Um, And then let me see, DS9. I don't remember any like even irregular cast Vulcans on there. So, yeah, I guess Tuvok would be. Yeah, he was the first like regular um, part of the cast full Vulcan that we got. And what I liked about him was that you know, you would kind of expect, okay, he's, he's a Vulcan. He's, you know, he's got the whole, you know, total logic thing going on. You know, there's no emotion at play. Um, he's going to be like the, the, the rigid science guy and he wasn't, he was actually chief of security. So imagine like, like basically like a badass Spock doing Worf's job. And that's kind of what Tuvok was. And that makes what sense because Vulcans yeah. are badasses. Yeah, and he was. He was a complete badass. You know, so that's what I liked about him was that, you know, he, he had the whole, you know, total logic, no emotion thing. And he was just not somebody to be trifled with. But yet at the same rate over the course of the series, you know, they kind of did the stereotypical, oh, but he's got a heart of gold kind of thing. And I liked that. I thought that was a really nice dynamic was that, you know, under this crusty crust, you know, exterior that he put up, you could tell that he really did care about his shipmates, you know, and, and people, you know, he was a good person. Well, that's I liked the thing that. is
4: Vul- Vulcans, you know, I mean, the thing is, I don't think Vulcans are devoid of emotion because they just yeah. learn to they just learn to control it and squash it. But Vulcans are also not devoid of personality, you know. That's that's right. the thing is people are like, ah well if they have no emotions, they have no personality but you know, it's it's a more complex thing, but they do, you know, Spock. you you could see even in, in the the sort of sketched out Vulcan characters in the original series, you know, Sarek was a different person than Spock and Sarek had a lot of foibles to him, you know. He he was he was a high up you know Vulcany Vulcan and he was kind of a prick you know he had his prickish aspects to him and his biases and and stuff like that and he had a distinctive personality and he had genuine affection for his wife you know he had a a human wife who he was who he was you know I mean even though he was 100% Vulcan he was he was sort of more um integrated in with humans literally than Spock was being half human so
1: see there was a great episode of of voyager right near the beginning of the series there was a a concept in that show that i don't know whether it was a good thing or whether it was a bad thing that it got abandoned fairly early into the the series but one of the initial premises of the show was that all right I don't know what you know about Voyager, so I don't want to spoil too much, but basically the the whole setup in the beginning of Voyager in the the pilot is they're they're chasing these renegade guys called the Maquis, and we'll get into that way, way, way down the road in in TNG. We'll learn all about the Maquis, but they're chasing these Maquis guys, right? And something happens, this weird space phenomena goes off, and it blows them like 70,000 light years from home or something like that. And they wind up there, and like half of each of the ship's crews are are dead. And so the Voyager brings aboard all the surviving Maquis people because their ship is just toast. And so it becomes this story of it's basically lost in space But you also have these warring factions, you know, you have the Federation people who are very, you know, by the book, we're going to do things the right way and blah, blah, blah. And then you got all these Maquis people, which are basically like the rebel alliance, you know. Was there any
4: intrigue about like the Maquis eventually trying to take over the ship or there should have been? I mean, I, I think they sort of half ass played with that idea. But it's it's Star but, Trek world, so people play nice. That's the thing for the most part. In general, yeah, yeah in general, you know. Well,
1: one of the one of the first episodes I can remember really starting to win me over with Tuvok was there was basically an episode where it was decided that all right, if these Maquis people are going to live on this Starfleet ship, they're going to have to whip into Starfleet uniforms and follow starfleet protocol and basically they're going to have to get indoctrinated into starfleet because we're we're just not going to have there be two factions living on this ship everybody's going to be under one banner so it comes down to tuvok to train like this group of like like the new mutants type of thing so he's like the professor x of the group and he just rides their asses And there come a point at one point, there was this one guy who was just constantly, you know, like butting heads with Tuvok and and they just did not get along. And there comes a point where the guy's finally like, you know what? You're a prick. And just like storms off. And it reminded me a lot of that episode of, um, what the hell? When is it? Balance of terror. Remember there's that one guy on the bridge. Who's like really racist against, uh, spock because the romulans look like vulcans but at the end of the day like there's the big disaster and they're buddies at the end of the episode because spock saved his life same type of thing happens in this episode and it's a little cheesy because it feels a lot like an an homage to you know like a very obvious homage but it was still really cool because that was the first inkling you got that you know up until that point you totally agree with this guy like man that tuvok's a bastard you know but then at the end of the episode, you kind of realize exactly why he was doing what he was doing out of, you know, both tempering ser- them with fire. Yeah, exactly. But also, you know, it, it was necessity tempered with, you know, genuine concern that, you know, everybody's got to get along. And, uh, you know, it was it was moments like that that kind of won me over on, on that character. I liked him a lot. Plus, it was, you know, for seven seasons, they maintained this mystery of all right you you've got a Vulcan guy on your ship you're stranded you know far enough away from home that it's going to take you an entire lifetime to get back what happens to your full Vulcan dude when Ponfar hits you know and they kept that mystery for quite a while and that was good I, I enjoyed that a lot you know plus Tuvok I don't know that they ever come out and give an exact age on him, but he's well, I mean, he's like Sarek age. I mean, he's something around, you know, around a hundred years old, you know, has a family, you know, back on Vulcan and, you know, the whole, so, you know, there was also, you know, most of the crew pretty much wore their emotions on their sleeves as far as, you know, they missed home and they missed their wives or or their parents or their girlfriends or whatever. And you come to realize Tuvok did too but because of he because of him being a Vulcan and the way you know the the tenets of his society and just his personal beliefs and upbringing he he couldn't really share that with anybody so he kind of hurt quietly you know and i think that makes him a really sympathetic character that he didn't really have anybody to bounce off of you know and i'm trying so,
4: to think of what the name there's a name for that there's a philosoph- there's a philosophy a philosophical name for For people who do that
1: but it was i I think you'll like it once we once we get there eventually i think you'll enjoy it but it's one of those things that the the problem that in my opinion that all of the post uh tng star trek suffered they all had the same problem which was that their first two or three seasons are really really hard to get through And, you know, people survived with with TNG and people either survived or they didn't with Voyager. And then sadly, uh, Enterprise just never really got the chance. I I think by that time it was three strikes. You know, it was like, right, we're just not going to we're not going to suffer again. And it's a shame because, you know, of those three series, uh, excuse me, Enterprise was the one that got it together the fastest you know they realized that their first two seasons weren't very good and so they got their their act together by season three which is probably the consistently best season of any star trek and they were canceled in season four and it's like you know all that work to to really turn a product around but it was too little too late you know i'm
4: surprised i'm very surprised the movie didn't come out of enterprise it was one of those things like uh um oh what is it? serenity you know where yeah. it ended uh, it ended very on a very unsatisfying note and there was a sort of un- cuz i've heard a lot of people say that about enterprise that it got basically struck down right when it was starting to get good and uh you would have thought they would have been like yeah you know might as well give it a try and and who who knows it could have uh it could have revived the franchise for a little while maybe not though it's hard to say because it's enterprise is set in that weird in a in a pre-time period where you know where it's going so you don't necessarily know where all the characters in it are going right but you know you know where the general storyline is going so there can't be too much tension with that but uh I'm looking for I I think you know really of all of them I think um I did watch from beginning to end the pilot for uh, Enterprise and I remember enjoying enjoying it a lot wasn't it it was something about a like a like a renegade klingon running through a cornfield yeah in in the beginning of it and uh but you know but then it hit me with that Ratsus and soundtrack, <laughs> Fretton theme song. I'm being kind, calling
1: it that. See, I think if that series had happened, say, you know, a, a couple years more recently, maybe even just a year, I mean, a year might have made all the difference. Uh It might have been one of those because there were a number of shows that were on other channels. I can remember I wish I could think of a specific one. I think maybe sliders was one of them. I forget. But remember, there was there was a string of shows that came out on, I don't know, like Fox or something. And they garnered a pretty decent fan following, but they just couldn't make it on their own network. And then sci fi snapped them up. Yep. Yep. And I remember there being talk of that with Enterprise but i think just enough time had passed that they that they didn't want to risk it you know so i think that if if, if you know well, whatever, the longer
4: time goes by the more likely all the other the actors are going to get other jobs and yeah, writers exactly. and stuff and you mm-hmm. and and i mean if you're going to be smart if you're a sci-fi you'd want to get like a good amount of the the writers and the or you would want to scarfle up maybe some TNG, right? There probably a lot of the writers were moving through all that stuff, but you know, you would want to get a lot of the original as much as you could, you know, because right. yeah, you just, you, you, you wouldn't want to do, you, you would want to do the sci-fi Battlestar Galactica approach rather than the sci-fi Sharktopus approach <laughs> on that, on that one. I would hope anyway, but, um, I was just uh, I saw um, a really good montage video of somebody doing um, a, a montage of all these. F- I I want to call them fan films, but they were pre fan films. You know, they were they were like f- fan films from our time of the kids with their Super Eights doing um, Star Trek movies. You know, little nerds got their dad's 8mm super 8 and it was awesome. It, <laughs> it, it, you know it's funny what remind, I should since we're just shooting the shit and talking about shit. Um what what had led me to that was um I don't know you, I don't think you've watched any of them yet. The Mr the Red Letter Media, the Mr Plinkett reviews. No he's done all the star the the star wars prequels he's done all the star trek movies and he just did indiana jones and the crystal skull and it's uh, doubled it's double i liked crystal skull and he wasn't you know i mean his overall review of it was you know there were some good moments but overall i was disappointed but the way he approaches his reviews are just gut-wrenching, and he had a whole montage in there of, you know, one of his basic tenets of why he didn't like the movie was, Harrison, you know, nobody wants to see an old Indiana Jones. They want to see a young Indiana Jones kicking ass because you're projecting yourself into Indiana Jones, and nobody wants to be old. And uh, so he's just like, case in point, this is what fan movies of Indiana Jones looks like, and it's all these, you know, videos of people you know, with their Indiana Jones costume and they got all their friends to come running out of the woods and attack them and they got their whips and stuff and then the last scene, the last clip he had was all these little, the, these kids had to be about 8 to 10 years old and they had a like three um, red wagons, you know, I don't know if they were actual like red rider wagons, but you know, red, you know, the classic little kid red wagons. Red Flyers? Red Flyers, exactly. And, uh, and um it's something else flyers but you're you're right you're you're on the right track with that right yeah and uh radio flyers radio that's... flyers exactly yes i knew one of us would come up with it um so they've got three radio flyers with three little kids you know pulling the radio fr- fly- and i'm guessing that it's probably they're doing the mine carts from uh, temple of doom and there's one little kid jumping from from wagon to wagon and he wipes out at the end and it's just the most awesome thing I've ever seen it's hilarious in that like though sort of way but in the, it's also just so endearing see cause I remember when we, would, we were doing dumb shit like that you know I mean we had so many places when we were kids where we could play with rocks and usually rocks and water and metal all sort of hanging out together but we just never filmed ourselves. I I, I really wish I, well, I wished we could've filmed ourselves in too, so there really wasn't it really wasn't like we had our video cameras around and we just didn't take them out, but man I wish we <laughs> I wish we had video cameras in those days. There would be some awesome There would be some horribly terribly embarrassing footage too, I'm sure. But um I've often wondered what happened to the footage that we shot of uh, you whipping Baby Alive in the head.
1: I think the tape got taped over or something if I remember. Right.
4: Something like that. Well, I think it got quote-unquote taped over because I don't think my mom approved of us whipping Baby Alive in the head. I think she was thinking of, you know, maybe, you know, sending me off to a shrink or something (laughs) after seeing that tape. Right. Oh, I know what else I wanted to I have a question for our listeners. Didn't call them viewers this time. <laughs> I, was, I was noticing, you know, the, the vast amount of people that download our shows are in, in the United States. And then number two is, is uh, the U.K., which makes sense, you know, English-speaking countries. And what would you think number three would be like? Canada, right? Or, or, or something like that. Right. Number three is China with significantly more than Canada. And my first thing is just a statement to the Canadians which is snap to it guys, <laughs> you know, China is beating you. My 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 question though is, who's listening to us in China? There's I mean, we've had thousands of downloads into China over the last 3 years and odd months and um, you know, I I I I mean, I assume they, they, they speak English because they're listening to us talk. So if you do, um, tell us who you are. I'm very interested. What what it's like being a nerd in China, you know? <laughs> do you have different nerd stuff there? As my roommate was like, do they read comics in China? And I'm like, I'm sure they read them. I don't know if it's as big as, say, in Japan.
1: They're probably just downloading all the Hope stuff. They don't actually listen to us at all.
4: Ah, but we've always had, even before Hope, <laughs> Hope popped aboard. But that's a good point. It could be. It could be. But then again, I would think that would be Japan, too. But then again, what do I know? I'm just a 44 year old aging nerd. 43 years old? 43? 40. Yeah, it's 43.
1: Oh, don't remind me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> what, don't remind you that you're older than me? You got a birthday coming up, don't you?
1: Yeah. Don't remind me.
4: Pretty soon around here, if I recall.
1: Couple months.
4: Something like that.
1: Couple months.
4: Somewhere after when The Walking Dead finally starts up again.
1: What is up with that? What is up know. with these gigandous hiatuses on that show? Do they want viewers or not?
4: I don't know if that has... I, I You know, I honestly... I mean, I'll talk shit about it, but I honestly, I haven't done enough reading about it because, you know, frankly, I have almost don't want to know of, in, for some reason with The Walking Dead. But I don't know if that has to do with how they're how they're filming it or if it has to do with some sort of Um, strategy by you know the network I don't know maybe they think if they cut their you know they're trying to stretch it out or something I don't know maybe it's one of those things where they're trying to keep a high quality level so so they're giving it more time but they have to fiddle around with how they release it or you know i don't know i think it's a lot like comics where um sometimes they're shooting for the trades you know they're shooting for the dvd of season 1 season 2 dvd you know by the end of it but um no, well, they've been signed for a third season so <laughs> we may get to the prison yet <laughs>
1: Uh, we still need to do our uh, our Walking to, Dead, our our catch we, up. So. You
4: know, we got to catch up on the Walking Dead. We got to catch up on our Clone Wars. I just watched the latest Clone Wars episode, which was the start of a four episode a a four episode story arc. Which I'm watching, going, you know, the way this is shaping up, it probably would have been a lot better idea to release to have you know this is in season four, so what can they you know? It's hindsight, but It probably would have made a better um, theatrical release. Which, man, I'm waiting for... You know, the, the whole Star Wars 3D thing sort of crept up on me and that's that's in february too right that's coming right so on I've the 10th yeah already.
1: the first one comes oh. out on the 10th i'm actually i, I got to be honest i'm actually pretty excited about that i'm i'm looking forward to it not necessarily for the 3d thing because i'm really seriously hoping really that the uh, the 2d option is widespread well, here's really? the, the 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 3D, I mean, I'd like to see it in 3D, but I'm not gonna pay extra for it. To me, it's not worth paying, what is it, like 18 bucks or some ridiculous damn thing to see it in 3D? Well, yeah, Just... it's
4: not that much up here, but it's, you know, it's probably 15, 16, it's probably close to it. See,
1: I want to be able to take the boys, you know? I, I believe in my, you know, I'm, I'm serious as a heart attack about this. I think, you know, all little boy, you know, all, all geek-inclined little boys, you know, all, all Star Wars-inclined little boys should see Star Wars on the big screen. I, I just, They I, have,
4: I, haven't they? But they were too young. When, they haven't seen it well.
1: I mean, I'm sure, you know, the only one that Logan would have been able to see and, and did go to was um, the last one, you know, uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Well, I take that back. He, well, I took him to uh, Clone Wars as well. But, you know, of the, of the live-action ones, I took him to Revenge of the Sith, and he was, I think, five. So he probably doesn't remember it. Right. He, so, you know, I, I just I want them to have that big-screen experience. And I'm glad that Lucas is doing this. You know, as much crap as he's taking, I, as a parent, am very glad. Because this reminds me of, like, when the Disney films used to come back every couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I was it, a kid. Because it, it, it introduces a whole new generation into it, I think it's actually smart, even in this, you know, in these days of, you know, DVDs and digital downloads and you know, movies playing on television, you know, whether it's you know, pay cable or whatever. I still like the theatrical experience. Star Wars should be seen on the big screen, so I'm really excited about it from that angle. I could. I mean I could care one way or the other about I the 3D. I very
4: much thing. doubt that they'll have regular prints of it just because
1: No, there are. I saw at the end of the trailer, that one that I posted on Facebook the other night. Uh, if you watch it all the way to the end, it says 2D and select theaters. Oh, oh, okay. But I'm just wondering, you know, how select, you know what I mean? And I'm I'm
4: definitely going for the 3D. I'm very curious I, just I from a technical to... view. I the pod race should be pretty cool in 3D. it's either going to that's the thing it's either going to be incredibly cool or it's going to be a mess. you know what
1: I mean that this, well, this... See, i i I can kind of prejudge it already and I, and I and I freely acknowledge that this is just me being spoiled, but see, you know I've been on Star tours now a number of times, you know, and it's in 3 d and it seems like every time I ride that thing, I get the tattooing sequence, which is the pod racing, and it's neat. But I wouldn't pay $18 to do it. You know what I mean? And so it just comes down to... I'm, I'm excited for the, for the big screen experience again. I really just don't care too much about the 3D thing. And a lot of it for me is economics. I want to be able to take the kids. I can't take the kids to... I was gonna say all six movies. I couldn't even really afford to take them to. Well, that's one over fifty of the, bucks. Yeah, to, one to the get them in. Is, yeah, that's gonna be around fifty bucks. I can't do that. You know, I, I real. I just can't do it. Whereas if I take them on uh, a Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday evening or whatever, you know, they at the local theater here, they have five dollar Tuesdays. You know. And I can take them to the 2D option, you know, 15 bucks, I can spare 15 bucks to go to see, you know, the sixth greatest, you know, the, 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 the greatest movie saga there ever was, you know, I can do that. I, I will do that. But yeah, 18 bucks ahead or whatever, to you know, or whatever it is. I mean, I, I might be I might be wrong. It might be I know it's over 10 bucks, So, but even 10 bucks, that's 30 bucks just to get in. You know? I mean, I, I could buy a, a, a DVD box set for 30 bucks. you know what I mean? That I can enjoy, you know, thousands of times rather than, you know, one movie once. You know? It, it's it's too much. It's way too much. But
4: Well, I think they're finding that the whole 3D thing... The thing about the 3D thing is it seems to sort of work out good when... It's integrated into when the movie's being made a la... Exactly, um, yes. ...Avatar. Because I have to say, I, I enjoyed Avatar. The 3D in it was superb. It was non-intrusive, you know? It wasn't like, oh, God, everything's too dark. It was like... or And it wasn't like, oh, this is pointless. It was actually and it also wasn't Zab-A-Zoom in your face either it was you know, what you just what you're
1: reminded me is something yours is an opinion i really wanted on the uh, on the whole disney avatar thing what what did you think about that announcement
4: uh, what what uh, i know nothing about it hit me with it and i'll tell you
1: <laughs> at uh um a few this was a few months back now um that uh disney announced a collaboration with uh with james cameron and they're going to create not just like uh, uh, you know like a like a ride or an attraction or whatever you know like how they have like Star Tours is in the studios you know an they're going to have an world. actual land in the Ooh. Animal Kingdom that's going to be Avatar Land. Ooh,
4: well, not, well, my opinion is not going to mean a lot to you because you haven't seen Avatar, but Avatar, right. Avatar Land is beautiful. Mm-hmm. That is that I mean. The story, as everybody's complained about, the story to Avatar is perfunctory. It's just basically your, your basic, you know, Joseph Campbell sort of story arc sort of thing mixed with, you know, hippy-dippy tree-hugging politics. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. You know, just nothing, nothing fancy. And and it, it it's 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 Spielbergian, manipulative, you know, pulling on your heartstrings. You know, the bad guys are bad guys, the good guys are good guys.
1: I heard it described as space Ferngully, is how I've heard it described.
4: Yeah, but better than Ferngully for sure, because it actually the the thing about it is the the success of Avatar is what the success of any genre movie like that is. Is it immerses you in the world and it makes you really into be it, it, it you're so into being in that world and and the world is so interesting that you don't need much of a story you're you're looking around and a lot of the world is telling the story because he's doing that thing that Spielberg and Lucas invented where everything isn't spelled out for you you know you don't know that the 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 blue people don't you know the navai don't tell The protagonist oh you see those creatures over there those are blah blah blahs and they hunt in packs and are blah 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 you know you figure it out by seeing them you know seeing the world happen and there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make any sense in the world like big floating rocks you know islands in the sky that they don't even bother to explain you know nobody says oh you know there's there's gas captured in the rocks that that make whatever. You don't know. It's just there. And uh, so that sounds like it would be really cool, especially at nighttime because it was a phosphorescent
1: world. It was a, everything had bioluminescence. Like, um, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it as you say, but it reminded me of, uh, what is it? Felucia from star Wars. Where everything kind of has that glowy effect too. Yeah, it was was the planet where um, uh, is Aila Sakura got gunned down.
4: The Blue
1: Twilight chick.
4: Yes, and and it's got a lot. Yes, and it's it's got a lot of that going on, and it's got a lot of the cheesy, gaudy fiber optics that you would see in old ladies' houses to it too, (laughs) but the way it was it was done in a very natural way. So it's sort of this gaudy nature and, uh, Oh yeah. Disney could really make a cool thing out of that. You know? And I wonder if they'll have, if they'll like, you know, instead of people in Mickey mouse suits, they'll have people on stilts, you know, cause the Nevi people, I think were like, Twelve feet tall or something like that Nine, they were huge you know they they were towered over a regular human, so I wonder if they'll have like people in stilt you know acrobat people in stilt suits you know being nevi walking around, but the planet nevi supposedly had poisonous atmosphere to humans, so I don't know if they'll uh they'll want re they'll want to stick that close to the bone with
1: with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm it's weird for me because I, I I'm I guess the best You'd like the movie of my feelings on on the land thing of it is I, I'm kind of indifference indifference but also I'm a little bit worried about it because they haven't announced anything beyond the partnership and the price tag but there's actually nothing they, they when they made the announcement they had nothing to show as far as even concepts of this is what we want it to look like which is very odd for disney typically, Well,
4: a lot of that stuff might already be sitting in james cameron's hard drives you know what i mean right but the I mean, the, the... they're
1: going to make an announcement like that they're at least excuse me they're at least going to give you some uh Some artist conception sketches or something of what it might look like. That's what they classically do. Nothing to show, and that's kind of weird. And you know, granted, yes, you know, uh, you know, this is the the most successful movie ever. I mean, it's the highest grossing movie ever. So you've got to give it those props. But on the same token, it's not a movie you hear a lot of people talking about. You know, there's not a lot of buzz anymore. When it
4: was when it was out and when it was big and when it was re-released, it was a huge deal. But it's also, I think, it's one of those movies that really doesn't set itself up for a sequel of any kind. It There's two was... of them
1: coming, and that's that's kind of the worrisome thing: is that what if these these two sequels come out and it's Matrix two and three syndrome? You know? Well,
4: I personally, I don't i i i have about zero interest in the sequels because the story is re- i mean it's resolved i mean they can come up with something i'm sure but they're going to have to they're going to have to really i don't know is cameron doing it is or is it going to be a cameron produced sort of thing or i don't know how how they're planning on doing it but the writing needs will need to be improved because they'll have to come up with a really uh you know, intriguing and interesting story to uh to do it again, you know. I mean the thing is it 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 is fun to be in that world, but you, you still have to have some sort of something going on. And and the the story that went on was such a broad, like l- it was a legendary story, you know. It was it was the legend of how the blue people kicked the the invaders off their planet. So, what are you left with? Are you, you're left with some sort of inner turmoil on the planet, or something, or or a rehash where it's like, oh, we got to go back and take, you know, and it's it's a fight with the same enemy again. And that's, yeah, it, that, yeah, that's the Matrix two and three. Um, right so yeah i i can't say i'm too happy about the the idea of sequels for it but i I would i would be into walking around in 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 that world for sure
1: i mean i'm glad that they're throwing it in animal kingdom because if they're gonna bring it anywhere you know put it put it in you know a park that you know, admittedly needs something. It needs a a shot of adrenaline. And while I don't necessarily know that this is the, you know, the cure, at least it's something, you know, plus you can put it in, you know, (laughs) it's my least favorite park. I'll just put it that way. You know, I mean, I'm not a hater on animal kingdom, but it is, you know, by far it's, you know, it's my least favorite of, of the parks.
4: Well, when I came down to visit, weren't you telling me like at one time, there was going to be a sort of dinosaur park there too, Except, right? Yeah,
1: well, see the 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 thing. Now, if they had if the they had the Navai thing there,
4: right? Which was which is like futuristic space version, then they have the one that they have there now, which is you know the animals on Earth now, mm-hmm. and then and then they added Dinosaur World. That would be perfect because then you would have the nature part of of Disney World with the past pez- present and future. You would have mm-hmm. all it would be classic Disney, you know. That's maybe that's what they're heading for. Maybe this is a step towards Dinosaur World. A Disney oh, Dinosaur but, World. Well, it, we have can't that Rex. Right?
1: There's Dino Dino Lands over there. Remember we rode Dinosaur? Yeah. So the Dino Land is there. It's I think it stands to, you know, it could stand to be developed beyond what it is, but I mean it's there. So you know, that's actually... Well, that so-
4: was my favorite meal was in Dinoland.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's something I actually had not considered. But now that you say that, that actually does make a certain amount of sense that you're basically mirroring Magic Kingdom then in, in the fact of, you know, you go through, you know, Adventureland to Frontierland, you know, all the way around the hub to Tomorrow you know so yeah I guess I could kind of follow that you're going from the prehistoric past to you know the distant future that's that's actually not a bad idea you know and and following sort of an animal theme but I guess ultimately you know I'm a little bit disappointed with that from the aspect of if this does ultimately end up taking the place of Beastly Kingdom if we were ever going to really get that anyway but say we were but now it'll never happen because Avatar fills that spot, then yes, that's very disappointing because I, I still think Beastly Kingdom was a cool idea.
4: I just want my Star Wars world. I don't want See, that. I, I do want Avatar that's, world that's, but I would rather have Star Wars world where you can go you can go drive your land, right. on a land speeder ride that's in the desert.
1: The is that they already had a, a, a built-in potential for a, an awesome new land up uh, I would argue a whole new park if they really wanted to invest the money. Are you kidding it, me? You'd have a Star Wars. Yeah. You no. Know? I mean, can you imagine a Star Wars I mean yeah, I with I'd indoor know, skiing on Hoth. I mean, <laughs> it would be it, it could be incredible. It could be at, you know, with all the different worlds and, and the six movies and you Sherlock know Rock
4: Village.
1: Yeah, I mean it could be absolutely amazing and it's like and they go with this other property that, yes, again, I, you know, as I say, yes, it's the highest grossing movie of all time at the moment. But, you know, the two best examples I heard recently, um, I was listening to another show talking about this same subject, and an excellent point got brought up, which is people are traveling from the other side of our planet to come to Orlando for Star Wars or to go across the street and go to Harry Potter. These are huge, huge franchises with built-in fandoms. Is there an Avatar fandom? Because if there is, I certainly haven't ever heard of it. Well, I'm I mean, sure
4: you're going to see people dressed up as the characters and stuff, but it's not anything like Harry Potter or Star right, Wars exactly. or Star Trek. Maybe they're, maybe they're counting on there being one with the other two movies coming out. Maybe they're, you know, planning. I, know. I mean, Harry Potter world is a is a is a gimme, you know. I mean, all those movies were fabulously successful, and they went out on a, you know, they actually got better almost as as they went along. So, right. So I'm just but. saying,
1: I'm seeing, you know, even where I work, I'm seeing, you know, 13 year old boys walking through our lobbies and common areas dressed in the full regalia like they just walked out of a class at hogwarts you know oh yeah 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 well expect to see very many blue kids you know what i mean that that are gonna go and get <laughs> painted up and 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 you know spend a hundred you know or a couple hundred dollars to go to some Avatar vision, uh, version of the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique to be made up as characters from Avatar because I'm going to go out on a limb and say a lot of kids probably haven't really seen that movie. You know, I I don't know. I mean, I could be dead wrong, but I just have this feeling that you know they're they're really they're they're spending an awful lot of money on something that again, yeah, it may be the biggest movie out there, but between Disney, feel-
4: yeah. You know, between I, I, Disney I, I, and James Cameron, they they have a publicity machine enough to get people interested again. I mean, since it is, since that movie did make so much money, there 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 was an audience. There, I mean, there were a lot of people who went to see it multiple times and then went back when they re released it with forty five extra minutes and all that. So, you know, I I think they're just counting on those people being sort of brought out of storage once there's you know sort of like it's it's not really like but you know like after star wars sort of languished for a little while you know before the prequels came out yeah there was a re-release you know and uh all of a sudden starwars.com popped up and stuff like that and all of a sudden there was just a little more awareness of star wars you know right and uh I'm I, I'm sure that will happen in the the build up to the opening of of this park. I'm sure Disney and James Cameron will will all be watering that garden of money. You know to to make sure it's a, a you know the thing about those guys is they 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 Disney and Cameron do harvest. You know I mean I mean didn't he basically supplant Titanic? Wasn't Titanic on top of the heap before oh, yeah. Avatar was? Yeah. So he basically kicked his own movie off. So mm-hmm. he was pulling a Spielberg or a Lucas, you know. He's uh, now he's up in the Spielberg Lucas strata. But at the same time, those guys are high rollers too. So between the money that he he and Disney will probably be putting in this, they're going to have a big investment in in hyping it up and hyping it up and and a lot of. The success of Avatar was that movie was hyped like crazy. You know that the 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 media got behind that movie, and people were talking about it when it was out all the time. People were arguing about the the stupid politics of it, and people were arguing about whether they liked 3D or not, and whether <laughs> this was gonna change. The, you know, this is gonna remember it was gonna change the face of cinema. But the thing is, it costs a lot of money to make a 3D movie like Avatar. And basically Hollywood was like, "Ah, eh, we'll just try the cheapo way and do the post. That's why I'm sort of worried about... Not worried, but that's why I'm waiting and seeing about the 3D and I'm curious about it for Star Wars because it's a post process. It wasn't filmed to be shown eventually in 3D. Although I'm waiting... For the interview with George Lucas, where he'd say, "Well, you know, when we were doing Episode One, we did talk about it eventually being three D one day, so we did, p-, you know, or something like that." He'll throw that in somewhere. Ah, uh, you gotta see the Mister Plinkett <laughs> review of of that. He he he's just great at making fun of George Lucas too. Not that I think it's it's fun to make. I just read an article that somebody put up at fa- on Facebook that was. It wasn't hard on Lucas, but it did portray him as being kind of, kind of a dork, kind of a douche, a little bit douchey. And it was it, what was really funny is uh, they brought up Crystal Skull in it in the whole, um, the whole refrigerator part, which I guess is now, you know, supplanting Jump the Shark. As, you know, uh, like, uh, what is it? Is it flip the fridge or something like that? Or rode the fridge nuke, or nuke something? Nuke the fridge. Like, nuke the fridge. That's it. Is is the new jump the shark? So jump the shark has jumped the shark, and now it's nuke the fridge, and so there there's this whole like now competing interviews of Spielberg and Lucas, like Spielberg saying, you know. Uh, oh, people are giving George shit for nuking the fridge, but that was my idea. And George going, "Well, actually, Stevens just being nice and trying to deflect all the criticism away from me." So, so they're being very, very um.
1: You know just, what would it, save that movie for me? It, it's actually a very simple fix. You know, you know that I'm not big on Lucas going back in 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 uh, tinkering with his movies. Right. I have have to say, and it's funny that you came to this because the other night I almost went on a serious tirade either on, on Facebook or our forum, or I might even have been tempted to do it on both might have been when Some, you were just sitting on the can too somebody no somebody's posted something and i can't remember who or what it was now i i seriously cannot but somebody posted something about lucas and it pissed me right off and and i'm just gonna come clean on this and get it out of my system right now i am sick of lucas bashing i'm completely tired you know george lucas gave us the greatest movie saga of all time i mean he cemented my childhood And I'm tired of people bitching and complaining about him and running him down and calling him names and making fun and poking, you know, just all the crap that that comes with Lucas bashing. I think George Lucas is too. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm I'm being completely serious here. You know, has he had some missteps? Has he done some things that I have? Absolutely, he has. But at the end of the day, the man gave us Star Wars. End of story. Anything else he wants to do for the rest of his life, he gets a free pass in my book. He gave me Star Wars. You know, what, what more do you want from the guy? Anyway, that's kind of besides the point. What I was going to say, as much as I'm not crazy... We want Star oh,
4: Wars over and over and over and over again.
1: I mean, as much as I'm not happy with some of the tinkering that he's done with those movies in, in post, there's a very easy fix for um, Crystal Skull, in my opinion. I'd like to see them change the name of the movie, and I'd like to see them eliminate all references to the aliens being some other dimensional crap, and just call them friggin' space aliens, mm-hmm. and have it be Indiana Jones and the What were they gonna call it? The it was like Saucer Men from
4: Mars. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm sold. You got me. I I, I think that's a that's an easy fix for that movie because well, then i get it that if they if i had gone to that movie and that was the title and they were space aliens then i would get exactly what they were going for oh this is a 50s beam sci-fi yes beam? you know this is this is something i could have gone to the to the you know to the drive-in and seen in 1956 right. or here it's and and, and it would have been on a double bill with uh you know invaders from space or yes. something
4: oh and it would have yeah. been awesome to have A shot of a UFO like flying by the Washington Monument or something like that as a tribute. Absolutely, and Um,
1: and I would have. Believe me, I would have just eaten that up with a spoon mm -hmm. if that had been what they went for. Mm -hmm. But I felt what I felt like happened, and I I don't know who's to blame. Well, there was there was was production art of Indiana Jones
4: standing in front, like like standing in a warehouse with a full-blown 50s UFO, you know, up on, you know, up on some, on a pedestal. Right. You know, at, at some government base or something. And it's just like, yeah,
1: you know, that. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, like I said, I don't know who's to blame. And I, honestly, I don't care. But somewhere, somebody got cold feet. Yes. And they half-assed it. Well, and, well. And they half-assed it. That's what ruined that movie for me, is that I can tell about midway through somebody started to get nervous about this alien business and they backed out and it and, and the entire movie feels like with that with that very uh,
4: well i don't think they were into the alien thing and they kept going back to george with it and he kept tinkering with it and finally he was just like well they're interdimensional beings right they're not really aliens so it you know right. which is just like calling the zombies and 28 days later you know rage victims or whatever they're zombies you know right and uh, you know basically they're saying well you know, when when they say something like that they're not saying they're not aliens they're saying well aliens are actually interdimensional beings that's all I take it for it's they're still aliens still treat them as such there's are UFO and they have they look like grays so go for it you know yeah that was the big point that I liked of of the Plinkett review of it was he said, you know, they said they were making a fifties movie. And at the beginning with the, the whole, you know, the whole a bomb and, and all that. And the, and the, you know, red baiting paranoia and all that. It started out being like that, but once it got going, it was basically a thirties and forties adventure again, but with just Russians instead of Nazis and, Right, you know, a you know, different characters, but they were still, you know, racing through. It was basically the same sort of feel to it. You know, it didn't have the fifties. It it didn't have a fifties B movie feel to it. It just had a few of the conventions of it at the beginning. And I heard at the beginning of it, they were going to start it in a haunted house at one point. (laughs) The whole opening sequence was going to be in a haunted house.
1: That could have been cool.
4: Yeah. Indiana Jones and a whole haunted house mystery could work with with Indiana Jones. I I don't want to
1: call him out live on the air, so to speak, but uh, at one time one of our listeners was going to send me a collection of the uh, the Indiana Jones paperbacks, and I wonder whatever happened to that idea because I'd still like to read those. Because my understanding, um, which is very limited on it, but I, I had heard that that whole... In betweener period got filled in in the novels, yeah, because there was all that great stuff that was alluded to in um, Crystal Skull of basically yeah. what Indy had been up to in the last nineteen years. I'd love to to read some of that stuff so, because some of it sounded very, very exciting, you know, well, like he was.
4: The, you know, it was funny because uh, in the in the review, he was questioning. He was like, "Do you think Indiana Jones is more of a professor, or an independent guy? Would he have gone into the army for World War II? Of course, he would have. He hated Nazis. Mm-hmm. He hated Nazis, and at, and it was mentioned that as when he was younger, that he actually fought in World War One too in the right. Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. So so yeah, so he has no and at at, at that time period. You know, there weren't many people who had any objections to going into the military. You, hey, know, you know what I mean?
1: It was It reminded me of something I had meant was to Well, a... oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
4: It was just something that people did, did, you know. Indiana Jones always reminded me a lot of my dad. He had the same mentality as my dad, you know, and and when my dad went to the army, it was like, well, you know, you go into, you know, I'm going into the army, you know. There was right. no there was no like weirdness. It was Vietnam that sort of put that put the stank on it but yeah of course Indiana Jones would have and and uh yeah you get that whole you get the whole idea that he had all these World War II adventures which you know I mean it's too bad you can't do them because Harrison Ford's aging you know (laughs) but boy those would be great World War II Indiana Jones adventures wow
2: Mm -hmm.
4: those would be crazy (laughs) Because, I mean, his adventures are chaotic enough. It's usually him causing the chaos. You know, having him in the middle of the chaos, too, would, could be. (laughs) Steven Spielberg could, you know, like, do Saving Indiana Jones or something like that.
1: Well, I think it could be really neat with that. And, you know, it, it, it would probably be best, it would probably work best, like, in the comics or something. But place indiana jones alongside you know some of the classic heroes of world war Two, you know and you know because there was recently I, I haven't read any of it so i don't know if it's any good or not but i'm intrigued by the idea because it, it brings back kind of the the kooky crossover mm-hmm. which is uh the uh star uh, star trek Legion of Superheroes uh, crossover that's going on right now in the comics. I I I think that's a cool idea. I think there should be more stuff like that. I don't know that Indiana Jones has ever really crossed over with anything that I can recall off the top of my head. But can you you imagine like mixed him up
4: with historical characters? You know,
1: right? Yeah, historical characters. But I'm I'm talking like. Like uh, historical, fictional, you know? Can you imagine like Cap and uh, and I- Indiana Jones fighting side by side in World War II or something like that? I think that'd be a neat idea, you know. Cap- plausible,
4: yeah. You know, S- Cap- semi plausible. Anyway, yeah, yeah, well,
1: yeah exactly. Plausible uh, enough for a comic book. But you you actually jogged a memory of something I had uh, I had meant to uh, research a long time ago and just totally forgot to do it um so if anybody out there is uh is knowledgeable about the young indiana jones chronicles uh the tv show or the movies or whatever um i remember you know there were a lot of episodes that had indy running into famous historical people and you know you were just talking about Indy indian world war one which i kind of remember some of those episodes because i know he met um was it MacArthur or what no it wouldn't have been MacArthur in World War 1 it was um ah crap i can't met pershing maybe i forget but he met you know he met famous people and he even mentioned in crystal skull that he had ri- ridden with pancho villa which is shown you know in one of those movies um, anyway, I was wondering if anybody knows if if he ever crossed paths with uh, with Walt Disney because Walt actually um, was in World War One. He was an ambulance driver in in World War One and would have been right around the same age that Indy was in World War One. So I think that would have been really cool if.
4: Well, they could have just had Indiana Jones, you know, getting escaping from someplace by po- posing as a as somebody on a gurney. Right. You know, and then, you know, they're chasing after the ambulance with with motorcycles and, you know, the guy driving the ambulance turns around and he's got a pipe in his mouth.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. I think something like that would be really cool.
4: And Spielberg would probably put like a a notebook full of Mickey Mouse sketches on the front seat right, that you exactly. would see
1: for a quarter
4: of a second or something, you know, you'd have to freeze frame it to see it, but he would have he would have somebody make him up a copy of Walt's notebooks from world war one to exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, there's so many people you could, and, and I mean, that's, I, I'd like to watch the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. I've heard good and bad things about them, but they sounded like they were most, they were less of a, like super high, highfalutin action as opposed to more of sort of like, um, an, uh, enough to they keep the kids entertained. Fiction. Yeah, enough to keep the kids entertained while teaching them about history at the same time. Yeah. They were
1: historical fiction rather than you know rock 'em sock 'em action movies. Mm-hmm. like We had come to expect. I think for me personally, I think I was just too young to appreciate them because I remember when the show came out and I watched the pilot movie and maybe the first episode and thought, "Wow, this is really boring for Indiana Jones," and I never watched any more of it. But now, being a bit more of a history buff than I was when I was a kid, I, I think I-, I might actually get into it now if I can, you know.
4: Well, it's I- always made sense to me because you don't want to have... If if Indiana Jones is traveling the world as a kid and, and learning all this stuff and getting in all these adventures, then you're, ju- you're sort of forming his character too much, you know? You want him to get to be a, a lean, mean, fighting man of action later on in his life, so you can, you know, so you can, so that the character in say um, Temple of Doom makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. as being kind of as being a little more naive. So, so yeah, you would have mostly Indy being a lot more. Um, that's why I was always lukewarm on the beginning of the the Lost Crusade because he was too. He was too full, you know. It, it, it played up like, "Oh, you're seeing the hints of the indie to come," but you were actually seeing just the indie to come shrunk down
1: mm-hmm. to
4: a, to you know River Phoenix, or was it River Phoenix or Joaquin Phoenix or no, River it was River. it was River Phoenix. Yeah, it was. And you see, you see him, and that that made sense as an actor, but you know, I would have liked to have seen him be a little, you know. A, a little less competent in the way he handled stuff in in that, you know. But at Yeah, I'm I I, I should look up those those young. There's so much stuff that I have to watch though. It's just insane. <laughs> you know, and uh, god, how long ago did Young Indiana Jones Chronicles come out? It's like 25 be 20 years ago. Years. It's got to
1: be 20 <laughs> easy, yeah.
4: Aye, 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 aye. That's amazing. I still think of them as, like, these sort of new things because <laughs> I never watched them.
1: Right. No, it's it's got to be 20 years easy, I'm, I'm pretty sure. It's well, funny. that was part of it, too, was that uh, uh, River Phoenix, you know, really put an indelible stamp on that character, and then when he wasn't young India in the show... Because I remember the rumors when the rumors first started to circulate that there would be a young indie series. I, I got really psyched, but it was also one of those, yeah, I'll believe that when I see it type of things. And then it really happened and I was really psyched, you know, when there was the news that, yes, it's filming, it's really happening and then it came out and he wasn't in it and i was like "Nah."
4: that would be an expensive tv show <laughs> yeah it would have been
1: well plus um you know he died right not, not i don't think it was too long after uh, t- uh last crusade that, that he died i want to say it was within what two years i think if
4: it, if it yeah it was i don't even think it was that long you know I think it, by the
1: time that show came on tv he was dead i'm pretty sure like,
4: today the precedent is set in stone that you can be that you know hollywood actors are doing tv now it's profitable for them or whatever they like doing it so it probably would have been possible if it would have happened today you know but back in those days hollywood stars oh
1: that that were kid good for hard.
4: guest appearances and that was only when they were washed
1: up that kid was on his way to being you know
4: harrison ford it,
1: well, he was on his way to being very much like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio right, or, or, like or Johnny Depp, like that. Is today. Yeah. yeah, very much so, and that's what made it, you know, doubly tragic. That well, that, that's I, I, I think he so was stupidly as he did because he could, you know, if he were around today, I really think that he'd be like Johnny Depp mm-hmm. level, you know,
4: because oh, he yeah. was
1: phenomenal. He was an incredible actor, and it was just so sad, you know
4: yeah, he, well, DiCaprio was a little younger than those two, but yeah, he was like really, you know, that's why he was, I mean, if you're going to have somebody play a young, Harrison Ford, it's, it's so funny. It's so, it's, it's, and a lot of people bitch about Shia LaBeouf playing his son. But the thing is, Shia LaBeouf is kind of douchey, but he's a natural actor. You know, he comes off is a natural actor, and that's a rare thing. Those are the actors that, that prosper, like, big time and make indelible characters. Like, Har- Harrison Ford does that. He just has a way about him that makes him seem natural, and he's, he's you know, he's a head, But, yeah, jo- and it was funny, because when Johnny Depp and Leonardo DiCaprio and River Phoenix were coming up, when they first showed up, everybody was like, ah, they're just kind of these pretty boy, you know, sort of like 21 Jump Street actors types and it and for like the first 3 movies that all those guys did, you would hear all the reviewers go, you know, this Leonardo DiCaprio guy is a really a, a really good actor for what he is. He could go on to do better stuff and and you know, they didn't get, you know, they were just like still trying to count like write him off as being just sort of pretty boy stuff and um Gary Oldman was sort of in that same um world too but I think Gary Oldman got ugly young and that he he got a lot more credit as being a good actor cuz he was kind of crag he got craggly and and creepy early so all of a sudden he got taken seriously But River Phoenix even looked kind of like a young Harrison Ford, so that was a really good choice. I might have to watch all the Indiana Jones movies again now (laughs) after all this talk about them.
1: Well, you know, I was just thinking about something as... uh... You know, we we haven't, uh, to my knowledge, anyway, we haven't settled on a new movie for uh, for commentary monthly Monday for next month. Uh, I wouldn't mind throwing that out there as a, as a suggestion, uh, Crystal Skull. Because we have we done oh. that. We haven't done that one, have we?
4: Have we done any? Now I'm try, I know we've talked about the Raiders movies. We did the one show with uh, Josh Baker.
1: Yeah. Well, we had we show. had was it was it a whole month or was it just a big episode that we did about
4: it was a, like one Jones. of those like four hour episodes that yeah. we would do and I don't think we've done any commentaries so I would be up for I would I, I could do a commentary for, you know I could gab through any Indiana Jones movie Crystal Skull would be fun because I like that movie so I can defend a lot of it there's a lot of stuff that I, I could definitely do without but, See, if um, we decided... I, mean, yeah, I could do a com- I could do a commentary... I mean, a commentary for Raiders of the Lost Ark would be sheer heaven, too. And for... Oh, a commentary... Any of them. Any of them. You know, I mean, how much fun would a commentary for um,
1: Temple of Doom be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be up for any of them as well. I honestly would. I'm, I'm
4: very... We're getting a lot of... Uh, I have a feeling we're not going to ever you know um run out of of movies to do commentaries in the in the suggestion well we're we're getting a pretty steady stream of suggestions for from people from from movies that i'm just like oh yeah like buckaroo banzai to movies like oh no like masters of the universe <laughs> which i've never seen but it could be an entertaining I wouldn't know how to approach that movie because I'm not up on the masters of the universe universe. Right. I wouldn't know how they got it wrong and how they got it right
1: we we need to we need to at some point whether it's on the forum or actually in a commentary monthly monday episode or something we need to kind of lay down the ground rules and basically the ground rules come down to we have the final veto oh
4: yeah 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 we don't have to do any of those because
1: i I, i'm telling you I, i can't do one for a movie i'm not invested in and i haven't even seen you know, the masses the, of the universe. Yeah, I, I just have no... It's got Dolph friggin' Lundgren in it. I just have no interest, you know? I'm sorry. I don't... was an the idea I had. Idea, but I just don't. You... I don't know if you've...
4: I, I, I know you've been busy at work lately. That's why we're doing this little jag-off show here, which has <laughs> actually been a lot of fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Um... Um, Our our Shoot the Breeze episodes end up being some of our most popular shows.
4: That's how the the show kind of started, so I would hope so. (laughs) (laughs) But um, somebody was like, oh, I'm surprised you guys didn't play the Bill and Ted drinking game during your commentary. And that just got me to thinking. Maybe we should do. Now, this isn't something we could do all the time. Maybe this is some th- a show we might want to produce because I don't know if my liver's up. For- I'm not very good drinker and it would be very entertain. But this could be a very entertaining show with people at that right level of alcoholism. But a drinking game commentary where you set the movie down at the beginning of the movie, you have three, you know, like three or four people watching it with their alcohol in front of them and you have a movie where you have a drinking game you know where yeah you know, and i mean i could see how a bill and ted drinking game there's so many catchphrases and thing you know every time they play air guitar you drink every time they say excellent you drink you know they're bogus there's just so many so many things you could hit and i'm sure there's a lot of movies like that and that would be a very entertaining series of commentaries a, a group of people getting horribly drunk especially if they got like guests in <laughs> it would sort of be like the drinking game at the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark with Marion you know you have these like podcasters with hardened livers the hair metal hero was, was jumping all over of it. he's got some spare time and I guess he can drink pretty good I think you and I should do one sometime but I don't want people to get used to it because I just, I can't, you know, th- that will be the show where I pass out, you know, halfway through the show and you just
1: hear me snoring. I knew you were a lightweight on alcohol.
4: I am a fair, fairly lightweight on alcohol. You know, what's,
1: what's, what's amazed me is that I, I discovered um, through pure happenstance that I actually, and I don't know how this happens because it certainly is not genetic. But uh, I actually can hold my liquor pretty good, so.
4: Yeah, holding your liquor was never a gardener trait, was it? No,
1: oh, no it was not. No, it was not. Not at all.
4: Maybe, maybe gardeners held on to their liquor, but it made them angry. <laughs> from what I noticed, from my, my limited my limited experiences with garden. Not you, you just get goofy. Yeah, it, I get it, goofy, too, when I drink. I get goofy, and I pass
1: turned out. A, It turned a certain close, uh, very close family member into uh, Bruce Wayne from uh, Batman Year One, is all I know. That's and nice. That, yeah. You know, so, yeah, that's a story. that. That's my homework. Other, other, yeah, I do, too. I haven't I haven't done that yet. But uh, I <sighs> had something I was going to throw out there. Now I can't remember what the hell it was, but that's all right. It's getting late, and... Uh, We got to wrap this up because I got to get
4: late for you.
1: I got my last class tomorrow morning and, uh, it's actually, it's, it's probably for me personally, it's probably the biggest class because it's the one I'm, I'm most,
4: uh, everybody's I I most
1: need to pay attention in because it's going to cover the, the one thing that I've, I've managed to, uh, i won 't say i 'm dreading it, but it 's just one of those subjects that 's like oh god you know i've I've managed to avoid it all these years and and now I finally have to face it, so that'll be interesting
4: it's funny it's ten o seven p m usually we are, haven't even started our podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. by this time
1: it's usually like four four thirty when we 're going well, I think i'm getting a little punchy but yeah
4: i'm 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 recording a podcast tomorrow with um with Andy from hey Kid's Comics. Where it it's starts going, at four a. m i'm right? i'm start i'm recording at four a m and it's gonna be and he's got the day off and he's getting up and it's at like eight in the morning and he's gonna be it'll be nine a m for him that's the time he chose so i guess that's a good time for him it's just it's just so funny
2: <laughs>
4: i love podcasting
1: well i hope this was a pretty good episode for everybody i just uh we didn't really have anything properly prepared. I, I just didn't have time to get boned up on things that we Ew. tossed around as for uh, <laughs> for. He said tossed something. and boned. But uh, yeah, I, I like the I like the just shooting the breeze ones. So
4: yeah, and hey, I got to learn about Avatar World, which I am sorely behind on. This I can't time. believe you didn't
1: hear about that.
4: Well, you live at Disney World, so.
1: Well, you know. yes, but I mean, I, I had, I see, I forget that, you know, not every little thing that happens down here is, is necessarily, you know, national news, but I thought that was probably a pretty big. No, usually
4: season. it's multiple murders, national yeah. news out of Florida. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> it's usually so, it's something about a store getting shot up or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is, sadly, this is very true. But uh, but yeah,
4: yeah. We'll see you in February. Um, we'll we'll, we'll I guess the next time we'll see you is uh Star Wars Monthly Monday. Yeah, because uh, there's probably nothing in between. Well, there's the yeah. The, I'm sure there'll be some there'll there'll be some uh tales of the JSA action in there too, and and maybe a there's a couple more in the works. So, mm-hmm. but that'll be the next Monday that you guys get and this is all you're getting this monday so
1: <laughs> well i just hope that uh i'll just i'll just throw it out there as a as a possible warning that uh my, my schedule is going to be a little funky for the foreseeable future so i'm just you know if, if there's suddenly a uh a lack of scott that's what's going on don't uh I don't want to feed the rumor mill too much that, you know, something weird's going on behind the scenes. It's just Is something weird going on behind the scenes? Yeah, see, I just expect to oh, be shit. really busy for a little while, but as soon as, as soon as things stabilize, everything ought to be all right. I'm not <laughs> I'm not sure how long my Story my, my life. period lasts after you know, once I get back to you know, to my home resort. I'm not sure how long training. I know. I know it's at least a week, but I'm not sure if it's a couple of weeks or. I really. Don't. I just don't even know. So my schedule is going to be a little bit up in the air. So, hopefully, is there, as is I is as there I. Any
4: s- Disney hotel that you can work at, that they'll actually put you in that Pee Wee Herman classic <laughs> concierge suit. You know what I mean, with the hat and everything. You know. I the-
1: mean, there's some that are you know some costumes that are better than others, but. uh and I don't think there's any that I don't know. I you know now that I think about, it, I'm not sure exactly what the what the Grand Floridian one looks like. I was but, just
4: gonna say I I want a picture of you in one of those suits really bad, but then, <laughs> man, I can always just Photoshop
0: one I up. Just if Photoshop. I really want one.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean I'm I don't plan to go anywhere for a while. But uh, you know even what? if I do, I, you know the costume is always going to play a, a significant part into you know any role that I take because you know i got my pride i'm you know i i could never go and work like a beer stand over in germany or something because i'm not wearing lederhosen you know i mean it's just not going to happen so
4: i i just realized you know that i don't have to wait for you to humiliate yourself when i have photoshop (laughs) ever find yourself going to Amazon.com and uh, buying some record or movie or some stupid thing that Two True Freaks have been talking about so that you can catch up on it or you've been reminded of it or something? Well, now, how about this? Instead of going to Amazon.com, go to twotruefreaks.libson.com and follow our link to Amazon.com. When you do that, if you buy something over at Amazon, we get a little cut out of it which is awesome because we love money and it won't cost you a thing.
1: Did you know you can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite two true freaks affiliated shows? That's right. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Visit our website at two true Two true freaks is always spelled T W O T R U E F R E A K S. Libson is spelled L I B S Y N. You can email two true freaks directly at two true freaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True Freaks.
3: Two True Freaks has been brought to you today by DeManzo Core of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.